You've got to change people's minds. You've got to change people's votes. That's kind of what it's all about. Welcome to Speaking Out America. My name is Jim Watkins. It's good to have you here. And, uh, you know, a couple of things on my mind as we start a new day in America. Uh, there are a couple of things that are going on that I'll get to in this hour. Uh, actually, there's quite a bit that I'm going to get to this hour. But the fact that uh, uh, former President Trump was drawn back into New York, back to face a judge who's basically going to attempt to liquidate as much of Donald Trump's hard-earned property as possible, all of his assets. It's just a shame that we live in a country, isn't it, though? Because we know that it's about politics. We know it's about taking out the man who could, and according to the latest polls wherever you look, could defeat the sitting president who, who nobody wants to run again. So the deep state is into this, uh, and you know it. It's all about politics. Trump is ahead. Any attempt, now, it doesn't matter which side you're on. It does not matter if you are a Democrat or Republican or an independent or a non-binary or whatever that you are. What matters is that your vote is being taken away from you. That's the whole point. There's a move on with a lot of these different blue states. They want to find some way of keeping Donald Trump off the ballot. But think about it from the existential point of view. Why would you want anybody to keep you from voting for somebody that you like or that you want to vote for? It's the same when uh, certain committees don't want to have Robert uh, Kennedy and Biden uh, to, to debate the issues or Marianne Williams. And it doesn't matter what you think of the person. Anybody has a right to run for office in this country. And, and if they do their due diligence, they pay their dues, they get whatever it is the process is that they have to go through, you should not have your, your potential vote stolen from you because someone else has decided that that person or those people aren't worthy of their vote. And they want to take away your right to make that decision as well. So that's what's happened. The powers that be that simply for whatever, well, I know why they have been so uh, indoctrinated into hating one human being. It's right out of 1984. If you've ever seen the movie, the first two minutes of the movie is a bunch of people standing in an auditorium screaming at a screen. And who are they screaming at? Emmanuel Goldstein. But it might as well be Donald Trump. And again, it doesn't matter which side of the political aisle or how much you hate somebody or whatever it is. Let, let me reason with your, your own sense of reasoning. How is it fair that your right to vote for a particular candidate is removed simply because your uh, political opponent or the person who may not like what you want to vote for wants to keep you from voting? How is that even fair? All right, so that's number one. Number two, the topic. All the doctors who practice medicine in New York are getting a letter this week. The letter is going to tell them that if they do not give a child a vaccine that comes and asks for it or doesn't want to get a vaccine, you are supposed to act on behalf of the CDC and give that kid a booster. Any kid that wants to go to school based on state law can be deprived of doing so if they don't get a COVID vaccine. This is where we're at in our country right now because what? why does it matter? Because now the government is between the doctor and the patient. The doctor is not allowed to talk about anything else other than the vaccines are safe when we know that the data shows otherwise. There's been 65,000 deaths in the country. More than 100,000 people are permanently disabled from getting vaccinations. 
but the press doesn't tell you, so you don't know that it's happening. So when someone says, if you're a pro-vaxxer, right, someone says to you, you know, I don't want to get vaxxed, and you get your feelings hurt like, well, <laughs> well, I'm not going to hang out with you. You pose a risk. Well, science has already proven that that's not the case. What is science proven? Science has proven that the COVID vaccines don't keep you from getting COVID. Oh, they may uh, provide some, some symptoms. Uh, some say that it might prevent your death. That may be possible. Uh, but you only have a 0.02% chance of even getting COVID anyway, unless you're an extreme high-risk group. And kids today are not in extreme high-risk groups. They've, they never have been. Even with the diminution of the, uh, the, the, the variants, uh, yeah, they, they spread easily, but they don't kill as many people. In fact, if you look at the world in data charts, which is a composite of how many new cases there are every day in every country, how many deaths there are from week to week, you'll see that statistically both new cases and deaths from COVID-related illness are way down. In fact, they're still in the double digits, not in the triple digits. And sometimes you can be misdiagnosed. You could have a flu or a flu symptom and have some COVID spike protein in your, your DNA or whatever the, in your bloodstream, and you may be, oh, you're, you've got COVID. But the idea that the government can get in between you and your doctor, where your doctor is prohibited from giving you good advice. Let's say you come in and you've gotten shingles after getting COVID. You go to your doctor and you say, is there any, po and I, let's say it happened a week after you got a COVID shot. Your doctor is not allowed to speculate what, the, what, what could have caused it. So if that's the case, then your doctor is not telling you everything that you need to know. And how can that doctor treat you if they're not willing to consider all of the options? Now, I'm not a doctor. Maybe I watch a lot of doctor shows. You know, my favorite house, great. But what was the bottom line? What is it that you have to do when you're a doctor and you're trying to find out what causes someone to get sick? You have to look at all of the analytics. You have to look at everything that could happen. And what you want to find is the cause. What is likely the cause? Well, if you're not looking at all the causes of a particular side effect of a particular drug, then you're not really being a doctor. You're working for the government. And you can risk losing your license if you think or say otherwise. So in the state of New York, they're going to attempt over the next year to inoculate every child from five years and older, probably younger, with an mRNA vaccine that is leaky. Leaky. Do you know what leaky means? Leaky means that it spreads beyond the initial entry point, which means the spike proteins, the mRNA vaccines are made with spike proteins. These little things are going to travel through every organ of your body, and they're going to replicate, and they're going to fool your body into thinking it's something else. And it could cause a whole host of issues, as we are finding out. There are tens of thousands of doctors around the world who have signed on to the great Barrington Declaration and others like it that have said, we need to use other therapies besides vaccinations. There's still too much we don't know about these vaccines. Oh, sure, a lot of people take them. Nothing happens. No problem. But for that very small percentage, maybe it's 1%, maybe it's 2 if the CDC would look into it, we would know, but they don't. So there's new studies out today that talk about the very fact that 
Many of the COVID vaccines that are in circulation are even banned in other countries because we don't know yet what the survey is telling us. I told you last week that in Germany, one of the most vaccinated nations in the country, they discovered that after the COVID vaccines had been completely absorbed in most of the people in Germany, in the years that followed, 22 and 23, the death rate by heart attack and other diseases similar to heart attack, infarction, uh, people are dying at twice the rate. I'm not making this up. They're dying at twice the rate. They don't know why. They're not going to go there because they don't want, if, if anything that comes out that dissuades people from taking the vaccine, that's considered not good. So let me get this straight. Yes, you heard me right. If the evidence shows that there are side effects with the vaccines, the doctors are not allowed to tell you. They could lose their license. I'm not making this up. They're, they can lose their license. So just on those two things first, they want to take your vote away by disqualifying, disqualifying somebody they don't like. They're, they want to take your ability to vote for a candidate that you want to vote for because they don't like them. And they want to take the ability of your doctor to not have a real conversation about what might be causing an ailment if it's related to the vaccine. So those are just two examples of the impact the policies of our country are having on you and could have. Keeping a perpetual one-party system in place and then also inoculating our children and adults with a vaccine that could cause untold harm effects. Many, sometimes even resulting in death. So you sit back and you take this all in and you wonder and you think, oh my gosh, you know, what are we going to do? Well, the only thing you can do is read and, and contact people in your circle of influence and get them to read to read all of the data. Go to places like American Thinker, Naomi Wolf, who wrote, she's got a new book coming out. Is I read probably a chapter of it, and, and I'm trying to get her on the show. She used to be a writer for the New York Times, complete liberal. Uh, every position was progressive. She was a big proponent of, of women's rights, reproductive rights, and all of that. She carried it through. And then something happened when COVID struck. So, so Suddenly, she couldn't have a conversation with her doctor about symptoms of why her menstruation cycle was all messed up. And the doctor couldn't tell her what he might have thought or what she might have thought was wrong with Naomi. And that's when she started getting ostracized from all of these different places that just months earlier had welcomed her with open arms. This has changed the culture of our country. So I just, I think it's worth having a discussion about, and we will continue to have a discussion as the day and weeks go on. You know this show is about those things which impact you, and that's why we do it every day. Got a lot to talk about. Stay tuned. You're listening to Speaking Out, America. My name is Jim Watkins. We'll continue in just a moment. You know, they're still not telling you why 
This is so funny. All weekend we all watched, and I, uh, I, I, <laughs> I think I mentioned it on yesterday's show. The thing that's driving the whole, you know, and of course they did the CR, the continuing resolution. Now we wait to see what happens with Kevin McCarthy. But, it, it, you know, it, it, is it so hard for the American media to just tell people the whole story and nothing but the, the story? It, by telling us what the conflict is between our Congress people, that they are, they're just, the, the conservatives are saying enough is enough with just spending money going on in Ukraine. We're not winning the war. And then lo and behold, on Saturday and Sunday, practically all, all the weekend, all they're talking about is, oh, how the offensive is working. The, the offensive is not working. Ukrainian men are dying. There are now estimates that 90,000 Ukrainian soldiers have perished. Look, do I hate the fact that Putin invaded supposedly to grab Donetsk and the Donbass region of eastern Ukraine? Uh, yeah, of course I am. Uh, we're part of NATO, and we're supposed to push back, and we're supposed to do sanctions. Uh, we're supposed to do whatever we can to convince Putin to stop behaving in such a manner. Completely acceptable. But by sending them weapons, Ukrainian uh, people, to arming them to the hilt, weapons, airplanes, tanks, like they're going to win the war. The only way that, you, in my opinion, that Russia would lose, uh, and of course we don't know what they're willing to go to, what lengths, but it would be the only way that we could defeat them is if the Europeans were to join forces with Ukraine and American forces and go in and do what's necessary and put them down. That to me is the is either going to be the outcome uh, once the Ukrainians have been completely depleted of all their resources, and that's going to lead to World War III. The only other option is to let uh, Russia continue to pummel Ukraine until there's nothing left, and then acquiesce, go to the table, and manage to eke out some kind of deal uh, where all sides can walk away and feel victorious on some level, except for the fact that Ukraine will be completely decimated by the time that happens. So why wait? Why wait until there's nothing left but rubble? And besides, why do you want to ask Americans? I'm asking, of course, Schumer and all the people in the House and the Senate and the President. Why do you want to keep adding fuel to this fire? It's a no-win situation. And uh, the answer is, is because there's lots of votes, there's lots of money involved, billions of dollars in weapons, government paying, our government paying, McDonnell Douglas and Raytheon and other defense contractors in, in, in terms of millions of dollars to keep this war going. And at the end of the day, what's going to happen is that the Ukrainian people are not going to have much of a country left. And um, Ukrainian women are not going to have men to marry or have children with. They're going to be maimed or they'll be dead, buried. And all of this could be avoided right now if we were willing to call both sides, figure out what it is that Putin needs or wants to make him go away. And it may only be a, Paul, a small portion of Ukraine, and that portion of Ukraine is ethnically Russian anyway. So this is at the core because it's such a large amount of money, 
And Congress, or at least the people in Congress, they're saying we can't have, we can't continue to run a deficit of over $30 trillion and then add $7 trillion to a new budget, and $2 trillion of that happens to be going to Ukraine. But the media doesn't tell you that. So you think it's just a squabble between the left and the right, and it's much more than that. And that's what they omitted from the newspaper clippings. That's what they omitted from the nightly news. They want you to think it's just squabbling between hard-right conservatives and bleeding-heart liberals who just want to you know, keep um, em- employees employed government workers working, but it's much more than that. And if you as an American knew that what they were fighting over was the trillions they want to continue to give to Ukraine, you would probably say, you know what? I'm not sure I'm for that. So here's an interesting turn of events, which is kind of creepy. Headline reads, Rep. Thomas Massey exposes taxpayer-funded transgenic edible vaccines which turn edible plants like vaccines and spinach into mRNA vaccine factories to replace mRNA shots. comes from the Gateway Pundit, and it was published over the weekend. Creepy. In a shocking revelation, Representative Thomas Massey, Republican from Kentucky, has recently brought to light a deeply concerning issue that should alarm every American citizen. The U.S. government is currently funding research into transgenic edible vaccines, a term that sounds like, like, you know, from a science, like, you know, Soylent Green. Yet it is very real, and it's happening right now. Now, in 2021, uh, UC Riverside have been experimenting with turning edible plants like lettuce and spinach into mRNA vaccine factories. According to the press release published by the University of California, the project aims to utilize mRNA technology similar similar to that used in COVID-19 vaccines to turn edible plants into vaccine factories. The research funded by a half a million dollar grant from the National Science Foundation, and they say they have three goals. One, to successfully deliver DNA containing mRNA vaccines into plant cells where it will replicate Two, to demonstrate that plants can produce enough mRNA to rival a traditional vaccine shot. Three, to determine the right dosage of the vaccine. Juan Pablo Geraldo, an associate professor at UCR, is leading the research. He envisions a future where people could grow these transgenic plants in their gardens. Farmers could cultivate entire fields of them. And he says, ideally, a single plant would produce enough mRNA to vaccinate one person. One plant, one person. He says, we are testing this approach with spinach and lettuce. I'm not making this up. And long-term goals of people growing it in their own garden. Farmers could eventually grow entire fields of it. It's interesting how these scientists, they, they, they fail to see the obvious. Just like our scientists fail to want to look at the data that shows that the mRNA vaccines are having a deleterious effect on the human body. They don't want to know that part. So effectively, delivering the the genetic material to a plant's chloroplast, small organs and plant cells that convert sunlight into energy that the plant can use, is critical to rolling out vaccinated food. And that's what this is. It's food that's been vaccinated with mRNA. 
Chloroplasts are like tiny solar power factories that produce sugar and other molecules which allow the plant to grow, according to Geraldo. They're also an untapped source for making desirable molecules. The research involves altering the genetic makeup of plants, which could have unforeseen consequences, genetically modifying edible plants with experimental vaccines for public consumption is the culmination of a dream. A dream, if you ask me, of a mad scientist. Ladies and gentlemen, it's very strange, isn't it? Is there anything we won't try? Be back in just a moment. You're listening to Speaking Out America. Join me online on my podcast, Speaking Out America, on Spotify. Be right back. 